Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about two newly discovered species of ancient human, a digital library that could contain every book that's ever been or will be written, and how listening to music could help your running routine. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Researchers have just announced the discovery of two potentially new species of ancient humans. Two! The discoveries are based on finds from opposite ends of Asia. The story of the discoveries begins in 1933, when a laborer working in northeastern China came across a huge, beautifully preserved skull. It had deep-set eye sockets, a bulbous nose, big brow ridges, oversized teeth, and plenty of space for a big old brain. The guy probably knew the skull was important because another famous fossil had been discovered in Beijing a few years earlier. But there was a problem. He was in a part of China that was under Japanese occupation. As a result, he hid the skull in a well and kept quiet about it until right before he died in 2018. Researchers dubbed the fossil Dragon Man and determined that he lived between 146,000 and 309,000 years ago. They think it represents a new species of ancestral human called Homo longi that's more closely related to modern humans than any other known species, including Neanderthals. But not every expert is on board. Other researchers think Dragon Man belonged to another group of evolutionary cousins called the Denisovans. One way to solve this mystery would be to analyze the skull's DNA, and researchers have yet to do that. The second find came from a quarry in Israel. This find was just a fragment of a skull, but researchers concluded it came from a new group of ancient humans they call the Nesharamla hominids. The new species is a big deal because it upends what we thought we knew about Neanderthals. The original owner of this skull fragment lived between 120,000 and 140,000 years ago. Researchers think that person had some features that looked more like a human and others that looked more like a Neanderthal. They think the species lived alongside ancestral humans in the same place and time. The find could help answer a big question scientists have about the history of humans. That is, how did some Neanderthals arrive in Europe with early human DNA? Until now, there was no evidence of Neanderthal-Homo sapiens interactions before that encounter. But the fossil suggests that Neanderthals and Homo sapiens might have come from a common ancestor. Both of these finds are incredibly exciting for anyone who cares about how modern humans came to be. Theories about these two discoveries will probably change as more researchers study them and as regular people come across more artifacts. I mean, that's one of the most exciting parts of this line of research. No one can possibly know when the next worker is going to lift a shovel to reveal something that redefines our understanding of who we are and where we came from. The Library of Babel is a fictional library imagined by Jorge Luis Borges in his story of the same name. It contains not only every book ever written, but also every book that could be written. If it were real, the words you're hearing right now would be in that library somewhere. It's not real, of course, but luckily we have the Internet. The words you're hearing right now do exist on libraryofbabel.info, the digital version of Borges' library created by Brooklyn-based writer Jonathan Bazile. I'm not joking. 
We'll link to the page this introduction appears on in the show notes. Bazile's library describes itself like this, quote, if completed, it would contain every possible combination of 1,312,000 characters, including lowercase letters, space, comma, and period. Thus, it would contain every book that ever has been written and every book that ever could be, including every play, every song, every scientific paper, every legal decision, every constitution, every piece of scripture, and so on, end quote. It doesn't yet have that entire combination. Bazile has only reached every combination of 3,200 characters, but that's still 10 to the 4,677 entire books. That's a lot of books. Of course, it may not ever be finished. In an interview with Flavorwire, Bazile pointed out that it takes more than a terabyte of storage to hold just 1 million books, or 10 to the 6th. The full library is more like 29 to the 1,312,000 books. To save space, the library uses an algorithm that runs whenever someone searches for text. And in response, it shows the user all of the pages that text would appear on if the library were real. Those pages aren't generated when you search or even saved. Instead, they act like a set of coordinates that return the same text each time. To really understand it, though, you need to visit the page yourself. Take the last thing you typed, whether it's a chat with friends or a Facebook post or your home address, and search the library. I'm willing to bet you found your words. Don't feel so original now, huh? Although you could, because, again, it would contain literally every possible combination of the things I just said. So, you know. It's nothing new under the sun or on the Internet. Sure. For many people, a great playlist is essential to any exercise routine, especially running. I mean, how else are you supposed to get energized for a run after a long work day? If this is you, consider all that time you spent building your workout playlist validated. Research confirms that listening to self-selected music while running virtually erases the effects of mental fatigue. To investigate this, scientists at the University of Edinburgh designed two experiments using a group of 18 runners. Half of the group ran a 5K on a treadmill, while the other half did high-intensity running intervals interspersed with light jogging. Researchers first had the whole group do their workouts without any music to determine each runner's baseline performance. On a later visit, the runners did a 30-minute brain challenge known as a Stroop test. A computer displayed the name of a color written in a different color, say the word green printed in blue, and they had to correctly identify the color of the word. That's a classic test that researchers use to cause mental fatigue. I mean, it's really hard to do. Once the participants' minds were thoroughly tired, they performed those same treadmill workouts without any music. As you might expect, they did significantly worse. Finally, researchers had the participants create their ideal motivational playlist. Some of the songs they chose included Every Day by ASAP Rocky, Power by Kanye West, and the ultimate exercise anthem, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Next, they got a mental workout from the Stroop test, then performed the treadmill workout, this time to the sound of their new playlist. Throughout all of that exercise, the team measured the runners' heart rates and asked them to rate their level of exertion. The music made a difference. 
Results from the interval runners showed that the playlist brought their mentally fatigued running performance back up to the same level it was before they were fatigued. The 5K runners showed small improvements with the music too. Why might this be? Well, the scientists say it may come down to distraction. Listening to tunes helps put your mind on something besides the pain and fatigue signals echoing through your body. So if you want to get in a workout after a brain-draining day at your desk, make sure to bring your headphones along. Hey, let's recap what we learned today, starting with the fact that researchers have discovered not one, but two potential new species of human. The first was a skull found in northeastern China, dubbed Dragon Man. Scientists think it represents a new species of ancestral human called Homo longi that's more closely related to modern humans than any other known species, including Neanderthals. The second was a skull fragment found in Israel that researchers think came from a new group of ancient humans that they call the Nesharamla hominids. This new species probably lived alongside ancestral Homo sapiens, and may even be the common ancestor to both Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. It just seems like hundreds of thousands of years ago, the Earth was just crawling with humans, just different human species all over the freaking place. I can't even imagine what that would be like. It'd be like uh, going to a party and meeting people with different interests. It wouldn't be like that. No, I don't think it would. It really wouldn't. <laughs> I just, it's a different world. It was a completely different world back then. I would love to just have a peek at what was going on at their party of people with different interests. Be a pretty fun party, though. It would. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I love that artifact you're wearing. <laughs> it's an archaeology joke, Cody. We're not, we don't go to parties. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. And we learned that the Library of Babel is a fictional library that contains every book ever written and also every book that could be written. That doesn't exist, but the digital Library of Babel does. It uses an algorithm that can show you every page in the library that contains a given bit of text. Those pages aren't generated when you search or even saved. Instead, they act like a set of coordinates that return the same text every time. In fact, the very words I'm saying are in that library right now. Also, literally go read Borges' Library of Babel right now. All of his short stories are so extraordinary. Like, if you like fiction or science fiction or reading or anything, if you like anything, just you got to read Borges. Like, I, it's my wife's favorite writer, the Argentine writer, Jorge Luis Borges. The Library of Babel is literally less than 10 pages. Like, this is not a massive time commitment. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Just like you have to, it's so good. He's so good. And I'm not even reading the original Spanish. I'm reading the English translation. Anyway. You've said this for years and I have not looked into it. I, I need to do it because the Library of Babel, that sounds like a Doctor Who episode, right? Like, isn't, isn't it actually a Doctor Who episode? Like, isn't there actually a huge library in one of the Doctor Who, like one of the David Tennant episodes? Yeah, it's not the Library of Babel, but there is a massive library planet that they visit. Like, the whole planet is a giant library. It's a great episode. I mean, it's really sad and bittersweet because, like, it's no longer populated, but it's a really beautiful episode. It is. So. It's actually one of the first episodes that someone told me to watch when I was trying to get into Doctor Who, and it was successful. That episode's called Silence in the Library. The other two were The Girl in the Fireplace and, of course, 
Blink. Blink is so good. It's so good. Don't even blink. Don't do it. <laughs> we also learned that listening to workout music can virtually erase the performance-draining effects of mental fatigue. You know, like the kind you get after a long day at work. So if you're struggling to get out the door for that after-work run, start up that workout playlist. It could make everything a lot easier. It's so validating to know that scientists are like, yeah, when you're mentally tired, it's harder to exercise. Like, everyone who's ever had trouble getting out to the gym after a long day at work is validated. Like, it's, it's a real thing. It's not just like, you're not lazy. Your brain really has a harder time exercising when you're mentally fatigued. It's, it's all part of the same system. So, yeah. Now, having said that, I, as you know, I've been running a bit more lately. And when I run, I don't listen to anything. I don't bring my phone with me. I don't bring any devices with me except like my little fitness tracker, which I literally only wear to know roughly how long I went on my run. Because otherwise, I I don't know if I ran a mile or four miles or whatever. But I just need, I need to disconnect. And I need no input, no like sounds coming into my head that aren't nature, you know. Sometimes you also just got to unplug. Yeah. Today's writers are Grant Curran and Steffi Drucker. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Go read something by Jorge Luis Borges. You need something really short. He's got a short story called The End. It's four pages. What's your excuse now? Then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few, hopefully less angry, minutes. <laughs> And until then, stay curious. 